it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not getting attacked by Don Lemon, although I might be after this show. Nikki Haley launching her campaign yesterday. And the man who once endorsed a 73-year-old Hillary Clinton says 51-year-old Nikki Haley is past her prime. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. We're going to get into it uh, along with an update from East Palestine, Ohio, with a Norfolk Southern Rail Company skipping a town hall meeting on the disaster that they themselves caused. This is total crap. Really is. We're going to discuss it with Arizona Representative Andy Biggs, comedian Dave Landau in the house, as well as your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons, smoke signals. If Elizabeth Warren happens to be listening, I don't care. 888-788-9910. You know the rules today and every day. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is my last show here in New York City before I hit the road. I'm going to be at Fat Cat's Comedy Club up in Utica. Five sold-out shows this weekend. Very, very exciting. Uh, We'll be doing the show live from WIBX tomorrow. Hey, girl. Hanging out on the Bill Keeler morning show. Probably going to hit peepers with Davey. If he happens to be listening right now, Davey, you owe the link man some dances. Be a- hubba, hubba. But we'll get into all of that uh, tomorrow. Right now, we begin with some you and me time today where I just want to tell you the Don Lemon story really quick. So I've met Don Lemon twice. Uh, I met him at a party for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, I met him at a second media party this past December. And I would tell you that anybody who knows Don Lemon comes away from the encounter thinking the same thing. This guy's a serious ass. Okay, Don, you know, very full of himself. Um, you know, he's a terrible broadcaster. He was just demoted from prime time to mornings. And he's being fired right now in stages. And what that means is when the new CNN head came in, Chris Licht, he cleaned house, if you remember. He fired Chris Cuomo for helping out his dirtbag brother, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! And then if you remember, he actually fired Brian Stelter from Reliable Sources. Remember Brian Stelter? That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Even Jeffrey uh, Tubin got fired, which I do believe was shocking because, I mean, let's be honest, that guy had a lot of pull. But Don Lemon, who was the lowest rated of all of them, held on to employment. Why? Because if, in fact, he got fired, he was going to claim he was it was racist. 100 percent. Don Lemon is like Joy Reid. They created monsters who go on TV every day calling everything on Earth racist. The weather's racist. Okay, everything's right. COVID's racist. The country's racist. The cops are racist. The school books are and on and on. Shut up. Will you shut up? And no one is watching the show. That being said, if you have somebody who cries racism for a living, what do you think the first thing they're going to cry is when they're no longer making a living? Yes, you guessed it. Racism. Correct the mundo. So they're firing Don Lemon in stages. They moved him out of prime time. I could tell you this. He won't be employed in a year. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. You've probably seen the viral video 
Last week, he interrupted his female co-host, condescended to her about sources of information, stopped a commercial break, shut off the music, I got something else to say, and went on to say something. What an idiot. Yeah, and, you know, the bottom line is CNN's morning show now is the lowest-rated morning show in the history of cable news. Nobody wants to wake up to that attitude. Nobody wants to wake up to that energy. It's like having an alarm clock that punches you in the balls at 5.55 every morning. What the hell did you just say? But that's just reality. Nobody likes him. He's on his way out. He's getting fired. And the real reason he's getting fired is he's just so bitterly hostile when it comes to his political analysis that he doesn't have self-awareness. Like, he doesn't realize how dumb he sounds. I'm going to play you this Nikki Haley clip really quick. And it's really fascinating because the take is, well, there's a Republican running. Let's dismiss this right away. And that's that's the important thing, okay? Dismiss it right away. But there's no effort. There's no thought. There's not a second, second of analysis that goes into this dismissal. Nikki Haley, okay, is, oh, by the way, younger by 20-plus years than the last woman he endorsed, Hillary Clinton, who's 73. And I'm not saying she's too old. I'm not even saying she's past her prime. In, in fact, I think she has plenty of energy to run again. I don't feel no ways tired. But Don Lemon, you know, said the woman 22 years younger, at this point 25 years younger than Hillary Clinton, uh, was past her prime. Okay, never mind that Don Lemon sticks up for Joe Biden every night. Okay, a man that's so old he gets interrupted by the Easter Bunny. When he gets answering questions on his own on the White House lawn, they have to jump in with the Easter Bunny. We can't let this guy speak to himself. Biden's lost his marbles. But there is Don Lemon. Just screw it. I'm going anyway. There's There's no standards and practices in his head that says, hey, maybe you should think about what you're about to say. This is really stupid. It sounds condescending. You have two female co hosts. It's very cheap analysis. But this is ultimately the reason CNN will fire him within a year. They realize Don Lemon's like he's a stupid person. He's not intelligent. And because he was able to subsist on just anything was racist. There was no analysis needed to be offered. What do we got a tornado? Well, that's racist. Climate's racist. We know that. So it's, you know, people of color. You know, oh, the cops did something. We guy was resisting arrest. Well, they, they no, forget that. It's just because they were racist. But they were black. They were racist. Okay, when your only pitch is racism. Okay, being asked to think beyond that moment from time to time can be too much for a guy like Don Lemon. That's true. That is true. And he's in over his head now because in working with two other people, there is critical thought on the set. The two women he happens to be sitting there with are giving honest, good faith opinions on a lot of issues. I don't agree with a lot of their opinions, but their knee jerk reaction isn't to just scream racism. Okay, these are female broadcasters at CNN. They're going to scream you know, sexism, and then they'll scream racism. You say, when you're right, you're right, and you're right. But the point is, it's not automatic racism, and it's not always automatic. Well, she's past her prime. It's a women thing. Google it. Listen to this clip right here. This is fascinating, but this is a man who doesn't have self-awareness because if you have self-awareness, you're not saying Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. If you're sticking up for Joe Biden, a guy who's 35 years older and quits talking in the middle of a sentence oftentimes because he's just decided he's done. We have a president that is clearly not all there. I mean, it is fascinating. Okay. And when you hear takes like this, (laughs) woo, you know you're dealing with a guy 
who's speaking from a place of emotion. Emotion denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you, hey, you sound stupid right now. Emotion denies you that because you go toward your emotion, which is I want to do something negative. I heard the word Republican. That's a Pavlovian bell. I've got to yell something negative about the Republicans. So here goes nothing. And here it is, clip 35. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you that's talking about? That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got another I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) So he's sitting there with his two female co-hosts and he's ostensibly just said to them, well, you're both past your prime. Did you hear her? Well, I guess I got to hopefully about 10 more years. Here he is again. Okay, trying to backtrack and clarify because Poppy Harlow, to her credit, Wants an explanation. It's clip 36. Are you talking about prime for, like, child-preparing? Or are you talking about prime for being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home, when is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime. And they need to be in their prime when they serve. Because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to... Google? Google or whatever it is. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Let me tell you, every day I go on TV, every day I go on the radio, the one question I ask myself, if you ever want to know what it's like to be me, is, hey, I'm about to speak on this topic. Is there any, like, historical precedent for what I'm about to do that will contradict what I'm about to do? Meaning, Don Lemon, this is just basic responsibility in opening one's mouth In front of a TV audience of millions of people. All right, well, you're on CNN, not millions of people. Hundreds of thousands of – all right, probably like 50,000 people. But the point is if you're going to go on in front of that amount of people and talk, you should ask yourself, hey, if I'm going to lay down this claim that this woman is no longer in her prime, have I in previous circumstances endorsed women who were older than this? without taking any exception to their age or this whole prime thing that I'm now claiming on Google. And nowhere in Don Lemon's head did it say, hey, check the record on this, because if it did, he would have realized he's endorsed older women than her, one being Hillary Clinton, two being the current vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! But this is a dude... That's dealing from a place of emotion. Like I get on the air every day and I tell you like, you know, I'm a conservative, but I'm doing an American talk show. I don't want to tell you who to vote. I don't want to be in charge. You know, I want us to have this forum where people can disagree. And obviously my priority being America, the one thing I'm always going to stand up for is not politicians, but the country we live in because as it goes, we go. But the more I work in the position I work in, the more I follow the analysis from the left and listen to their leaders talk and realize how emotional it's gotten for them, we really are in a lot of ways dealing with a situation where this moment is just too big for people who lean left, where their feelings are their facts, 
Because when you deal from this place of feeling, you say and do stupid things. And massive problems created by the Democrats are crushing this country. The CBO put out an analysis yesterday that the Democratic spending plan is going to add $19 trillion to our deficit, $19 trillion in the next 10 years. That is financial lunacy. But what's amazing about it, okay, is that is the Congressional Budget Office, okay, bipartisan, CBO, $19 trillion. That's what Biden's going to cost us in the next 10 years if we leave the spending on the level that it's on. Okay, Biden is out there right now lecturing that the Republican plan is going to add $3 trillion to our deficit in the next 10 years. So you understand, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. He's usually lying about Republicans, but let's assume it's $3 trillion. It's still irresponsible. But you get that this has become such a team sport for people on the left where we're not critically analyzing anything. It's just so much more important to beat the people on the right. It's just so much more important to have their feelings validated that nobody's thinking. You've got Biden warning us that the Republicans are going to add $3 trillion to the deficit, again, while Biden is going to add $19 trillion to the deficit. This is politics as usual. That's what it is. But do you understand politics have gotten in the way of our national well-being? Okay, their emotions told them securing the border is racist. What do we have to show for it? The highest record of border crossings in the history of this country, the highest level of fentanyl deaths in the history of the world. That's what we have to show for it. They told you all cops are racist, no matter what their color, creed, gender, all racist. So we slashed police budgets around the country in the aftermath of 2020. The murder rate in this country is at a 35-year high. Black murder rate is slightly higher than that. Okay, this would Democrat emotions legislating away our lifestyle. They told us what? Well, fossil fuels, that's racist. We should be paying climate reparations to third world nations. All of this pollution. So what do they do? Their feelings, okay, not supported by science, have outsourced domestic energy production to other parts of the world that create it filthier than we do. Ergo, we have more pollution to show for what they told us would be a cleaner environment. These are stupid people is what I'm trying to tell you. And this goes on with inflation and the spending. And don't ever forget, he told us, well, it's, you know, inflation's bad. So we got to pass this Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to spend our way out of inflation. Imagine, imagine I came to you and said, well, our town has an arson problem. So what we're going to do is we're going to pass out matches and gasoline. We're going to burn our way out of this arson problem. That's what's going on in Washington right now. Okay, stupid people are in charge. And to be very clear, when you or I are operating purely from a place of emotion, we too are stupid. Your feelings are never supposed to be your facts. But in this instance, they've become the only facts Democrats are willing to bargain on. Oh, if you think it's wrong that a five-year-old kid should be taught to chop off his junk, you must be a transphobe. You must be an evil person. Ergo, we've got to advance this legislation because you just don't know any better, you evil thing, you. These are the feelings. Of stupid people. When Don Lemon said you could Google it, I'm just saying she ought to be careful. What he was really trying to say, and I'm telling you because I care, is that Don Lemon is an idiot. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America, the radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Big Thursday coming up of Fallon Vision. I will be on with Sean Hannity in front of a live studio audience tonight at 9 p.m. And then we're off. We're off to Utica, baby. Going to be hanging out with the Fox Across Americans uh, Friday and Saturday. We're at Fat Cats Comedy Club. Uh, but there's some good comedy going on right back here on the East Coast. Here's Nikki Haley kicking off her campaign yesterday. And I, what she's saying, I do believe, is something most of the country is actually receptive to when it comes to cognitive tests, competency tests for people over the age of 75. I, I think Donald Trump would tell you, even at his advanced age, that he'd be in favor of something like this because he's taken these tests in the past and scored perfectly on them. Whereas Biden, let's be honest, man. Joe Biden is a mess. I don't say that as a Republican. I say that as an American. Okay, right now, NORAD, which is a 65-year-old organization, had never shot down a single thing in its 65-year history, never taken hostile action against an enemy aircraft, a foreign aircraft, okay? We've shot down four things, four things in the past 10 days. That is historic military action, and the president's not allowed to come out and talk about it. Because they know he is a liability in front of a microphone. This is a president who was forced to skip a Super Bowl interview with Fox. Okay, and let's be clear. Joe Biden sits down with Brett Baer. He's not jumping in to attack the guy. It's not gotcha journalism. There's a reason special report is revered on the level that it is. Brett, Brett Baer is as respected as anyone in media. Okay, but they couldn't even do that interview because they're horrified of what might come out of Biden's mouth. But here is what Nikki Haley said to start this whole hullabaloo. It's clip 34. In the America I see, the permanent politician will finally retire. We'll have term limits for Congress. And mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. And everyone on earth should be in favor of that. Why do you want anyone running the country who is not in the mental capacity to do so? That's what we were told. We've got Joe Biden, a guy who operates in a way that you would take away his car keys, yet he's holding on to the nuclear codes. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
a rowdy Thursday episode. Andy Biggs is going to be here from Arizona. Diamond Dave Landau here as well. We're doing some radio stuff. Tonight I'm on with Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock. Nikki Haley was on with Sean Hannity last night. She was my opening act. It's in my contract. I don't go on. I'm like, you got to have at least one person running for president or we don't bring out the ex-cab driver with the community college degree. It's just it's part of the deal. Uh, but here's Haley on Hannity and uh, some shifty politician stuff going on here. Sean asks her directly what the distinction is between her and Donald Trump. Now, obviously, she doesn't want to get in a fight with Trump this early in the primary and go through resources and everything in between. But the answer here, I don't consider to be a satisfactory one. It's clip 37. If you had to delineate where, say, you and President Trump differ on issues, where would you start? Well, first, let's say in reference to Whoopi, um, you know, the thought of me getting into the race makes the liberals' heads explode. And so I welcome it because it shows we're doing something right. You know, when it comes to what we're looking at now, listen to the first 20 minutes of your show. Look at everything that's wrong in this country and tell me we don't need new leadership. But the difference is we need new generational leadership. We have to leave the status quo. We have to leave this chaos behind. And we've got to start talking about the future. But did she actually answer the question about where do you differ from Trump? The answer would be no. Now, there's a strategy there. As she will tell you, she's not running against Trump. She's running against Biden. Okay, and maybe that's the long-term goal. But the short-term goal (laughs) is she is running against Trump. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Here it is. A second attempt by Sean to get an answer out of her clip 38. Where do you see, if you see, policy differences Beyond what you mentioned, which are generational differences, what what specific policy areas would you would you say part with Donald Trump? What I am saying is I don't kick sideways. I'm kicking forward. Joe Biden is the president. He's the one I'm running against. And what I'm saying is you don't have to be 80 years old to be president. We don't need to have these same people going back again. We need something new. Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. (laughs) Now, I've met Nikki Haley. She'll probably be on this show uh, sometime soon. And I really do look forward to talking to her and showcasing the person behind the policies. One of my favorite things to do on this show, like when a guy like Tim Scott comes on or a guy like Jim Jordan comes on. And, you know, I don't doubt you'll even hear a DeSantis or, you know, hell, the way this election's going, you might even hear from a Donald Trump. Wrong. Oh, stop it. Who the hell knows? But the point is, I really enjoy giving everyone a showcase uh, in which we really can give you the personality behind the politics. But what Nikki's trying to do there strategically is say, oh, you know, I'm not running against the Republican Party. I'm running against Biden. It's a good political answer. But in her head, she has to know, OK, the road to Biden at the moment goes through Trump, could ultimately go through DeSantis, could ultimately go through Tim Scott. People are talking about Mike Pompeo. People are talking about Mike Pence. You know, we're hearing about Larry Hogan down in Maryland. There's a lot of people that are going to jump into this race. So she did give a non-answer, which is what politicians do, especially in the early stages of a campaign. If you remember Tim Scott, who comes off as well as any human being possibly can on this show. You know, I asked him about running in 2024 and he said, you know, it's not the position, it's the mission. Meaning, you know, I'm just more focused on helping people than what job I help them from. That is a very smooth, carefully curated response. The kind of carefully curated response that comes from having high-priced consultants on your side. Tell them like it is. (laughs) Syrupy, sweet response. That's when I knew he was definitely jumping in. And I like Tim Scott. I think of Tim Scott, I think of people like Nikki Haley, 
they really, oh, they horrify the Democrats because they take away the two key components of democratic politics, which is calling things racist and misogynist. It's hard to yell racism at Tim Scott, the first black man elected to both houses of Congress. It's hard to yell misogyny at Nikki Haley. Will they do it? To be clear, oh, the Democrats will yell racist misogyny at anybody. I agree with that. Oh, anybody, anything. If that's all they got, they don't want to have a substantive debate about their policies. So they're horrified by the idea of a Tim Scott or a Nikki Haley. But it remains to be seen whether either one of them can get through what's going to be a very crowded primary field. I mean, it is going to be a street fight. Okay, Trump gets, you know, gets going. DeSantis gets in. Some of our callers think Nikki Haley actually helps Trump. Uh, Here is Alex in Brooklyn explaining why. Yo, Alex. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, I think that she and Trump are planning something because, you know, you mentioned it's going to be a crowded field. And the more crowded this field is, the more of a chance Trump has to make it in the primary because Trump, right after the midterm election, there were polls going out there, and 35 percent of the Republican Party was still saying they're going to stick with Trump. And those were the extreme MAGA Republicans that don't care about whether we lost the midterm election because of him or not. They're going to stick with him, and they have 65 percent of Republicans that if it would have been only Ron DeSantis running, would have voted for him. Those are the moderates and extreme Republicans that just don't think Trump could win in a general election. But once you have Nikki Haley joining the race, she and Ron DeSantis are going to be splitting up a lot of votes. So, you know, she asked President Trump if she could run, and he he told her she can. I think he wants her to run. That gives him the winning ticket. And what we might end up seeing in the general election, he might he can take her as a vice president to run for the general election. And that way you get a very strong Republican base out there to vote for you because she's she's speaking out there with all these rallies. She's building up a base. So Trump is going to have his 35 percent of the Republican Party coming out very strong in the general election. And she's going to bring out her base, which she's building up now by running in this primary to vote for her as vice president in the general election as well. So do you think that's why she's being so careful to avoid criticizing Trump? Yes, uh, she, she will have to criticize him to some extent, yep. but I don't think they're going to fight like you're going to see Ron DeSantis and Trump fighting. Mm-hmm. And even with the statement that Trump gave, gave out yesterday, you know, he didn't call her any names yet. Nope. Uh, he's going to have to come out against her because otherwise it's going to be obvious. But yep. they're not going to they're not going to fight too, too hard and too seriously. Well, I, it's a it's an interesting theory. And we are going to have her on uh, maybe later this week or early next week. We're still working it if out. If you want to ask her a tough question, you ask know, her. Would she be Trump's vice president? Would she be willing to take that position if he yes. becomes the nominee? Let's do this. That would okay. be a very tough question. Let's do this. It's a, <laughs> that's a good question. But let me let's make a side bet, you and me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will bet you a thousand dollars to your one hundred dollars on what the answer is going to be. Do you want to know what the answer is going to be? I'll give you a verbatim answer, and I owe you a thousand bucks. Here it is. I think we both know the answer. No, you know what the what do you think it is? Give it to me. I think it's that she's going to be the nominee. She doesn't yes. have to think about it. She's going to say, I'm not thinking right? about <laughs> vice presidency. That's why it's like some of these questions, you get such predictable answers. She's going to go, I'm not focused on vice president. I'm focused on being the nominee. I've never lost an election before. I'm going to be the next president of the United States. Good for yep. you, Alex. I might ask her anyway just for the hell of it, and you and I can share a laugh when you hear it happen in real time, okay? Yeah. Good call. <laughs> we'll do it again, brother. There he goes, the great Alex. And he's not, he's not wrong about that. That's exactly what she would say. Hey, will you accept the nomination uh, for VP if Trump asks? She goes, well, the only thing I'm focused on right now is helping the American people and being the next president. We need a change in leadership. We need to end the status quo. I'm just telling you, politicians are going to politic. 
And I met Nikki Haley. It's really funny. I met her before anyone, you know, we didn't know she was running. She hadn't declared she was running. Uh, I hung out with her in a green room for Hannity uh, with her assistant, a, a, a girl by the name of Cheney. Uh, and they really, like, are phenomenal green room guests, meaning – you know, whenever you're on these TV shows, like these primetime TV shows, and, and you're in studio together, there's this, like, weird mix of energy. Because you got, like, oh, there's a really famous person. You know, there's a really influential politician. There's some dopey ex-cab driver in a funny sport coat. And we've all just kind of got to, like, encircle each other. Like, have you ever seen cats out on the street that don't know each other and they just start walking slow and their backs raise and sometimes they hiss or – Sometimes they sniff each other's butts. I'm not saying it got to that. But it was a pretty friendly green room in the sense that we all kind of encircle each other and get to know each other. And truth be told, like the only reason I have a career is I'm a really good green room hang. Like I bring a lot of good energy in and, you know, I'll talk to anybody and we have a lot of laughs and, you know, we dive right into it. So I was in a green room and it was a good green room. It was Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. Um Dagan McDowell was there. Nikki Haley was there. The great Sean Duffy was there. Sean Hannity was there. And Nikki's there with her assistant. And uh, we just started chatting. Tammy Bruce was there. Michelle Tafoya was there. And we just started chatting. And uh, we weren't talking about like, hey, are you running? And we weren't talking about policy. We were talking about South Carolina and good places to go eat and places folks from the north like to go on vacation. And it wound up being like a really genuinely funny conversation where there were four or five people talking with absolutely no guard whatsoever. And I'm always fascinated because these are the moments where I kind of figure out who I want on my show. Like, you know, I've seen everybody on TV. I know what their talking points sound like. I'm far more interested in seeing how sincere and genuine the people happen to be when you're alone with them and the cameras are off. You know, I once told you that I met Jen Psaki at the White House Correspondents' Dinner at a huge party the night before. You know, we had a drink. We were laughing. We were talking about things. The next day I saw her on the red carpet when the, when the cameras were on, and she was like, don't you even look at me. That's just how white folks will do you. But it was amazing because it means the person I met behind closed doors was fake. Okay, because when the cameras got on, there was no like, oh, no, no, I'm cool with the other side. Here's a news flight. Like, I'm cool with everybody. I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't hate anybody. I'm not threatened by the idea battle. Um, and uh, I don't have like a performative place in the media, meaning I don't get on and sell you some type of buffoonery, some over enunciated, you know, misguided emotional attack on the people who disagree with me. I don't care people who disagree with me. I want to have an idea battle so I can convince more of their supporters to come see things my way. I don't want to just scream at them and berate them to get likes on social media and then nothing improves in this country. You know, I think that's a lot of what talk radio had become when I was a cab driver. It was just everybody not preaching to the choir. They were screaming at them. So that's why I'm willing to say things from time to time that are my honest opinions that might not be popular with this audience uh, is because I want you to have a human being talking to you, not some, you know, performative character. But when it comes to our politics right now, it's nothing but just performative idiots. Here's the here's the view. Okay, I kind of talked about this yesterday, the whole we got to support all women. Do you remember we were told Hillary Clinton didn't win because we were a bunch of misogynists? Well, here's Joy Behar saying a woman who's running for president clearly doesn't have her support because she's crazy and she's an election denier. Oh, by the way, she did have to back check because Nikki Haley, she was not an election denier. But here it is, clip 39. Well, she's 
part of the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, there are these there are these politicians on the right who now have become like mentally crazy, you know. But her problem is that, you know, not only was she a big uh, Trump supporter and elect, uh, she's an election denier, too, isn't she? At one she, point, at one, one point, point she, was. she changed. She flip flopped on that. Yeah. But she also backed Herschel Walker, one of the worst candidates we've ever had. I mean, second only may, or second only to George Santos, maybe. Yeah. You know, and, that was uh, terrifying, yeah. actually, that she yeah. did that. Oh, shut up, woman. She was an election denier. Then she flip flopped on that. You know who was an election denier and never flip flopped? Joy Behar. Bingo. Joy Behar said the 2016 election was stolen. She has never flip-flopped on the 2016 election being stolen. Meaning what? They don't care about election deniers. They don't care about protecting democracy. They care about electing Democrats. Okay, it's nothing to do with supporting women. Women got to support other women. Oh, really? Because a woman's running for president, and you just said she's part of the invasion of the body snatchers. She's one of these politicians on the right who've become mentally crazy. Well, if anybody knows about being mentally crazy, it's the women on The View. The View is awful. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So last night, it's the big town hall meeting out in East Palestine, Ohio. Locals trying to get some answers on the cleanup, whether or not the drinking water's safe, whether or not the soil's polluted, whether or not they and their families are safe to go back into their homes. Uh, does your transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, show up after receiving an invite from the local congressman? <coughs> How about, oh, I don't know. The Norfolk Southern Rail Line that caused the mess. <laughs> Neither of them showed up. This is absolutely gross. Is it ever? I had to tell you, man, what's going on out there, the indifference is disgusting. The indifference, one, to the people and also to the climate. Where's the climate crowd? We've just polluted the air and probably the soil supply for life. Created this giant mushroom cloud. And oh, by the way, oh my goodness gracious, now with the tap water contaminated, they're going to have to use more bottled water. That's what's ultimately going to get Pete Buttigieg to show up. He's going to be like, hey, whoa, hey, can't have all these plastic bottles. Pete Buttigieg is pathetic. But it really is disgusting what's going on. And the workaround, and this is, man, oh, this one gets me. The reason that the rail company didn't come to Norfolk Southern is they said they didn't feel safe. They were getting threats. And they believed that there were some outside groups that might cause them harm. Now, to be clear, there is a police presence. To be clear, there is security on site. And to be clear, they did not speak directly to any credible threat. Why is that significant? Because saying we don't feel safe has become the new way for people in leadership positions to avoid accountability. That's the thing. Oh, we can't talk about this. Somebody's going to flip out and get violent, so let's just forget about it. Sorry we contaminated your soil and your drinking water. And we've released chemicals in the air that have killed thousands of local pets on contact. Sorry, people's noses are burning and their skin is on fire. But you know what? We just made up the idea that somebody might punch us in the head if we come to the town hall and give you the information you deserve. So let's just forget we ever spilled the chemicals and get back to work, shall we? Okay. That's what's going on. That's the deal right now. 
That's how they get around a substantive debate in the year 2023. That's how they get around accountability. You know, we'd love to solve this disaster, but we're getting threats, so you're on your own. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. It's a scam. This is a lower middle class town filled with white people who don't vote Democrat. So the Obama administration could give a rat's ass about it. Okay, the EPA first told them, you know, the water's safe. Uh, Maybe you want to drink some bottled water. But the air, no, the air is safe. You can go back into your home. The air is safe. Don't worry about it. The air is fine. Uh, Here's Governor DeWine saying that the village water supply is drinkable. It's clip one. I was just handed a couple minutes ago the results of the testing of the village's water supply. There's five separate wells. And we now have results back from all the wells. All the wells indicate the testing is negative. It's clear uh, that water certainly can can be uh, consumed by by residents. You gotta do better than that. I don't buy that. Okay, Barack Obama once went to Flint, Michigan, which has contaminated drinking water to this day, and declared that the water was clean and safe to drink. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But he did that, and nobody's revisited the issue to this day. You're poor. They don't care. They just move on. But understand, the EPA saying the air is breathable. I have a clip of Mike DeWine saying that as well. I'll read it to you really quickly because I can read it faster than the soundbite. We brought the scientists in. We brought the people in who test the air around us. The air has been good. We initially told people within a mile radius that they should leave. They should exit from the leave their homes. Most of them did that. Some didn't, but most of them did that. We went back three different times warning them that they should, in fact, leave. Then, after we had the controlled mission that took place, we continued to monitor the air. And, you know, we waited until the air was clean again before we announced that people could go back, you know, voluntarily, whatever they want to do. So this is him saying they've tested the air and it was clean. You know who else said that? The EPA at Ground Zero after September 11th. Yeah, we tested the air. It's clean. Go to work. And what happened? Everybody got wacky cancer for the next decade and a half. It's a scam. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We're fired up. Got a big hour coming up on this show. Arizona Representative Andy Biggs is going to be here. Going to have a little chit-chat with my man Diamond Dave Landau, nationally touring comedian, who is being subjected to ever-changing mask regulations when it comes to travel. The CDC, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, said with a straight face yesterday, the mask guidelines do not change in this country. Come on, don't bullshit me. They've changed 75 times since COVID became a thing. We're going to talk about that with Diamond Dave a little bit later. But right now, we got to have a grown-up talk about UFOs and balloons and everything in between because the White House appears to be caving to political pressure. And they're now claiming that at some point soon, Joe Biden is going to speak on this NORAD action that has resulted in the shooting down of four different objects. We know one was a Chinese spy balloon. The other three they're telling us might not be a balloon, could be some other type of object. We're not sure. But the point being is this unprecedented military action taken for the first time in the 65 years of NORAD has not been met with a presidential response yet. And to the rest of the world, that does look weak. Okay, it looks weak when you have a president that does not subject himself to press interviews because he is a known liability to himself and others. You know, we talk about this a lot on this show, 
There's a lot of people in the media that want to cover for Biden. There's a lot of people out there that want to tell you he's fine. No, no, this guy, Joe Biden, no, he's great. Look at him. He's sharp as a tack. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But if you're an enemy of America, if you're flying one of these inflatable middle fingers over our intercontinental ballistic missile sites, as China is doing, you're clearly forming your own opinion about who's running the country right now. And what they perceive in this administration is a lot of weakness, and that weakness emboldens a lot of enemy aggression. You know, peace through strength, the reason you hear the phrase a lot is we're perceived to be so strong, it ensures the peace around the world. People don't want a problem with America. You don't piss off America. Don't poke the bear. Okay, now they're laughing at the bear. They're throwing rocks at it (laughs) in its little habitat. They're laughing at it, shooting spitballs. Who cares? Poke the bear. They don't care. And we look really weak right now. So this idea that the White House has taken so much heat is possibly, possibly going to force some type of prepared statement where they put the biggest font into the teleprompter allowable by law and they trot Biden out there. That's what I think this is ultimately going to become. Because the truth is they govern to Twitter. They govern to what the left-wing media tells them. Okay, I tell you this all the time. Phrase you hear in politics, oh, you got to read the room. The truth is if you're the president of the United States, it's no different than being a stand-up comedian. It's no different than being an airline pilot. Your job is not to read the room. Your job is to lead the room. You're the only one in charge. Room's not supposed to lead you. You're supposed to set the terms of the negotiation, establish the sensibility of the discussion, and lead it. You're the only guy with the microphone. But Joe Biden, as a president, is frequently denied that microphone. He famously was forced to quit talking to bystanders at last year's Easter egg roll by the actual Easter bunny. Like the Easter bunny came over and interrupted him. And what's so jarring about that video to this day is not that he's getting interrupted by the Easter Bunny. It's that he has the genuine look of a guy who has met a talking rabbit. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Go back and watch the video of Biden getting interrupted by the Easter Bunny. And he's like, oh, my gosh, talking bunny, Jill, Jill, you got to see this. Get over here. And that's the bigger issue. Okay, the rest of the world watches Biden. They watch, you know, every one of these Fox shows that I go on, at least once a week, one of the shows will have me on to just play like, oh, here's the here's the last 48 hours of Biden. And we've got 71 bloopers of him saying the wrong thing. Half the women here are women. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) What just happened? You know, when you watch this and you understand that we're laughing and my job is to kind of make light of it. Because the country is such a mess, we feel an obligation to keep people calm because you make better decisions from a place of calm than you do from rampant anger. But as we make light of Biden's condition, it's a coping mechanism. Okay, the rest of the country, the people who want to harm us are watching this and they're going, now's the time. Okay, China encircling Taiwan, Putin invading Ukraine, China flying balloons into America. All these things are happening now. Because of who is in office. That is correct. And the condition he's in. And the fact that they haven't let him speak and the fact that they're carefully managing him. I'm telling you, it just projects such weakness. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. She was asked about it yesterday. It's clip 21. I will tell you this. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. 
<laughs> Are you stupid or something? You know, the guy who got cut off by the Easter Bunny. It's the best communicator we have in the White House. Not speaking to it. You know what else he's not speaking to? Are you ready for it? The rail disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. Not speaking to it. This is the biggest domestic issue we're facing. Is we've got Chinese spy balloons. And we've got a chemical explosion on a derailed train that's potentially contaminated the Ohio River and God knows how many people's drinking water. And they're not even addressing this. They don't want to talk about it. And again, there's environmental harm being done. It's the number one cause. It's what they run on. These are the people who wanted to ban your gas stove. But they're not speaking to the fact that these noxious chemicals have been shot into the atmosphere and corrupted the quality of existence in a town in eastern Ohio. And I'm telling you, it number one projects leadership. Number two projects a legitimate indifference to the position. Okay, this is the gig. You know what I'm saying? Like if you work for Steven Tyler, an Aerosmith, if you're a stagehand, you're going to tie some scarves around the mic stand. That's the way it works. Steven Tyler gets on stage. The mic stand's covered in scarves. He's covered in scarves. He looks like a pirate hooker. Okay, but Aerosmith can still rock. Give him their due. But the point is that's the gig. If you're the president of the United States, when we take an unprecedented in the history of our nation military action, you're going to have to get out there and speak to it. Unless, of course, your name is Joe Biden, in which case you don't do anything. No different than the rail disaster. You've got this. I mean, it's stunning. If you've seen the footage of the mushroom clouds, if you've heard the plight of the residents, stunning what's going on in eastern Ohio. And normally, if you're the president, you come out there and you go, all right, we're going to get this under control. We're you know, throwing all the might of the government behind it. We're going to rally the teams. You guys are going to be okay. Is Joe Biden saying a word? The answer would be no. Nothing. Got another Joe, though. He's willing to chime in. Joe is listening out in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. My people. Yo, Joe. What's happening, Brother Jimmy? Nothing. You know, it's an honor. I don't say it enough to be on Beaver County Radio. Do you know my Uncle Sam Kukowski is from Ambridge? I have been to Ambridge. He's a Polish Falcon, and I've drinking a lot of Iron City Light in my youth. Well, the next time you come around this area, we're going to have to have some of them Iron Cities. You know, I'll, I'll buy you one or two. Whoa! Whoa! That is big talk, man. That's, that's the best offer I've gotten so far because all the radio stations well, that carry us, I think they assume I've had enough beer before I went on the air, so they never offer. Oh, no. You're, you come this way. You're getting as much as you can handle. Hey. What a country. Um, I wanted to uh, – I just wanted to hint, mm-hmm. you know, I, I actually spent um, – little over nine years working for uh, Norfolk Southern mm. and uh, th- these people in East Palestine, which is only, you know, 10, 15 miles from, yeah. from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't, and, and my wife and I know, you know, quite a few people that live out that way, have some friends and they were evacuated and all that. And we told them, do not sign any paper no. that has Norfolk Southern's name on it. That company doesn't care. I, I mean, I was one of the many that were laid off uh, a few years back in 19. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they, they didn't care about their employees. And they sure as the heck um, don't care about the people in the communities that their uh, railroad tracks run through. Nope. You know, they're no, they're, they're... they're shady operation. And I, I wouldn't I don't trust them as far as I could spit. Wow, that's fascinating that you say that because you know in the in this immediate immediate moment there's always pressure to get them to sign something to just put this to bed. 
You know, because that's mm-hmm. what the company wants to do. They want to minimize their liability and move on. But there's no consideration given to the long-term effects it has on communities. Like, I'll give you a good example. In New York, everybody I know is a cop, everybody. And in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, the EPA said, yeah, the air is clean. Get down there, clean up the mess because they needed the mess cleaned up. And then it created a bigger mess health-wise for the people long-term who threw in and helped out. And at that point, it's usually, again, cheaper for these big companies and these big federal bureaucracies to settle than it is to do the right thing on the forefront which means your health is ultimately the compromise and there's no money that's going to fix the problem. So if you're advising these people, you're saying hold out. Oh, I would. I wouldn't sign anything. I'd find a lawyer and that's pretty much what everybody should be doing because exactly what you just said. Who knows what what the long-term effects of this are going to be. Yeah, you really don't. Um, What do you make of the idea that they wouldn't go to this town hall because they alleged that they didn't feel safe. Is that just the new, like, get out of jail free card for people who did did us wrong? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a get out of jail free card. Oh, I don't feel safe. I mean, come on now. But I, it doesn't surprise me one bit, you know, that nobody. I mean, that's just what they do. But yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when they when they when they laid off however many thousands of people, uh, twenty nineteen. Um, you know, there was no spokes. There was nobody to talk to anybody, and the union sure as heck didn't have anybody's. But that's a whole other conversation for a different. That's a different topic. But uh, wow, no, I I wouldn't. Uh, no, nope, not signing anything. See you bye. Well, you gave so, enough. You gave us enough good legal analysis that I'm going to pay you in beer. You've turned the tables on me here, Joe. Is what I'm going to say. Well, this, hey, I'm I'm a giver and a, you know I'll take it too. So <laughs> hey, all right, you, give your hind end over this way. We'll we'll share a few. All right, I'm on the case. I'll see you soon, brother. And I appreciate your call. Thanks. The great Joe in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. Which, by the way, if you're listening on Beaver County Radio and you listen to the show every day, even if you're listening on WJAS up the road in the Berg. Okay, that's my hood. I mean, I didn't grow up there, but my family did. Uh, My Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, Teddy Kukowski, he's in an assisted living facility now. He's 94 years old, but the guy still runs marathons. My Uncle Sam was in General MacArthur's honor guard uh, over on the other side of the world during World War II. My Uncle Sam's a badass dude. He's a Polish falcon. And, uh, you know, they had their satin jackets, and they hung out at the Polish Falcons Club. And the first time we went there for a family reunion, my uncle Sonny, you know, growing up in New York with me, we told Polish jokes. You know, we told a lot of silly street jokes, you know, or the Polish joke, this or that. And uh, we went to the Polish Falcons Club, not realizing how much pride was in this community. And we started telling funny Polish jokes, at least jokes that we thought were funny. And they were like, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. <laughs> Yo, they were not laughing. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm telling you, it was ugly. Uh, but I've always had a special fondness for the area because they're huge Steeler fans, and they've always sent us case after case of Iron City Light. And uh, it was one of the high honors in the early stages of this show was getting added to WJAS, and we've since made it down to some of their other stations in Beaver County, and it's a big deal. I've got a lot of my maniac relatives listening to the show right now. It's really cool to me. That's an amazing thing. It's one of the wonderful uh, storylines when it comes to the growth of this show and the impact you guys have had on my life. But uh, no matter how big the show gets, no matter how many of my weirdo family members are listening to it, I still feel the same basic responsibility to the rest of you, which is to have an honest conversation about what's going on in this country. And I can tell you we've projected so much weakness that it's finally made its way back into the White House. As I was speaking to Joe, we just got the official update that Joe Biden is scheduled 
to read scripted remarks about this UFO situation at 2 p.m. So they're going to trot him out at 2 p.m., put the largest font in the teleprompter allowable by law, and they're going to tell him to just read this and get the hell off the stage. Like they're fitting him for a shock collar as we speak. If he says a single thing that's not in the script. Wow! That's what's going on. That's what we have. That's... That's just reality right now. We have a president of the United States who's not in charge of his country. What the hell is the world coming to? You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Wow. Fox Cross America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon just receiving word. This is not a joke. This is not, as Biden says, not a joke, Jack. This is not hyperbole. The Norfolk Southern, the rail company that derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, spilling hazardous chemicals all over the place, into the soil, into the water, into the night sky. Uh, They have just had another train derailment. Just outside of Detroit, Michigan. What the hell did you just say? Not even making this up. It's reported uh, 54 minutes ago by CBS and the Fox 2 Detroit station. There were no injuries. The area is not considered a hazmat situation. But a train containing one car of hazardous materials has derailed Thursday in Van Buren Township outside Detroit, Michigan. The cause of derailment was not immediately clear. Okay. Officials that spoke to W. Y W X Y Z, which reported that at least six cars are seen off the tracks and one of them was carrying hazardous materials. Folks, this train is run by apparently the same company. And what they're telling us here. That spilled the trains off to the track off the tracks in East Palestine, Ohio. So there's something going on. And I got to be honest, man, like Pete Buttigieg isn't getting fired because he's gay. That's why he's not getting fired. In an identity politics administration, if they appointed you just because of your gender, just because of your ethnicity, they can't fire you because it's a betrayal of the people who thought that was a good reason to hire him in the first place. You understand there are people in the Democratic Party running this country right now who think representation is more important than competence. Okay, and they're entitled to feel that way. But if you're looking at the state of travel in this country right now, trains are flying off tracks, airplanes are barely taking off, some of them are nosediving after taking off. If you saw that insane flight out of Hawaii last week, we've had computer systems crash, we've had entire weekends of travel wiped out in this country, we had a supply chain crisis that backlogged every single port in this country, and when that happened... Your transportation secretary was on Instagram posting pictures of himself breastfeeding. And the reaction to that criticism is, well, you must be like homophobic or transphobic. No, 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 no. I am you suck at your job phobic. That's what I'm phobic of. You're a transportation secretary. The transportation industry is collapsing. Has nothing to do with your race or your gender or your sexual orientation and everything to do with the fact that you've screwed up everything you're in charge of. There is not a race or gender or sexual orientation that gets a free pass for that. It's not like, well, if he was just like a straight white guy, we wouldn't care that the hazardous chemicals are flying all over the country right now. Wouldn't be a big deal. You know, if it's a straight white guy, we wouldn't care that the planes aren't taking off. Wouldn't be a big deal. Not a big deal. Okay, what's going on is we have people in charge that are fighting the wrong battles. We're paying the price as a result. 
Okay, this is a second train derailment. He hasn't acknowledged the first one. Really think about that. And we've got a president now who is, you know, a week removed from three NORAD shootdowns that's finally going to come out and speak to it only because the politics have become too costly. The political cost has finally gotten so high that the guy's going to do his job. Okay, do you understand? Like, this is who we are as an America right now. Yeah, I always say we're the greatest country in the world. And yes, we have championship caliber talent. But we need a coaching change at the tippy top of this organization because this is embarrassing right now. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest, a superstar representative from the Fighting 5th Congressional District of Arizona, Andy Biggs, back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Thank you for um, getting scraping the bottom of the barrel to put me back on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Go, no, let me hold on here. You are absolutely <laughs> mid-barrel. Do not do not do that to yourself. I can't. Uh, is it you. is thank it true? You. And I know I appreciate the humility. Um, and I see you took a different approach because usually you Kool-Aid through the wall and take a shot at me right out of the gate. So you've yeah. roped me into I don't know how this plays long term, but I have a bad feeling by the end of the interview. I'm about to get a pot shot from out of nowhere. Oh, no. Oh, no, Biggs. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm all <laughs> is it true it's that Valentine's you Day week? You know, come well, on. Man. I, well, I was going to ask you that. Is it true that you bought your wife balloons, but they got shot down by NORAD? Yeah, you know, here's the deal. Um, we we were going to take a hot air balloon ride. We said, let's not do it this year. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, we'll just throw up a – yeah, right. So our uh, grandkids were having a celebration, so we bought a bunch of helium balloons, and poof, it's gone. <laughs> we can't find the debris. Jimmy, we can't find the debris from it. It's amazing. You've got to be careful where you shoot your grandkids down these days. That's part of the thing. They don't tell you. Unbelievable. No, Unbelievable stuff. So apparently the political pressure is caught up to the White House because they're saying he's going to issue some kind of a statement uh, at 2 o'clock today. <laughs> he's going to speak on this. <laughs> only, that's the only kind he gives is some kind of a statement. Nobody's <laughs> really sure what kind, but he's. He's giving them. Oh, I'm okay, like, I'm sorry. That, no, that is so funny because it's true. Because like yesterday they asked Kareen Jean-Pierre why they're not letting him speak, and she said he was the best communicator in the White House. And it had to hurt to say <laughs> that. I mean, this is the guy that got cut off by the Easter Bunny. Okay, is, yeah, there, oh. is there any world but, but, where the – go ahead. No, I was going to say, but, but you know, sad, as tough as that is, it's probably true. Look yep. who you got. <laughs> Look who you got. You got, you got uh, Jean-Pierre. You got – Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. I mean, good grief! Where are you going to go? Yeah, you're right about Joe that. Biden. It's not, yeah, it's you're going to go Joe Biden. It's not a deep bench. We're talking to Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. My question here, for real, is yeah. you know, NORAD hasn't shot anything down. It's in the in 65 years. Now we've downed four objects in about 10 or 11 days, and up until now, there's really been like a radio silence out of the president. Doesn't this kind of project to the world? that he is considered a liability in front of a microphone? Well, we don't have to actually project that anymore. Um, (laughs) Because the whole world knows it. You know, I mean, you know, you ask any bad guy around the world, and they're going to say, 
uh, yeah, we don't need to hear from Joe Biden. You're going to ask any strong leader around the world. They're not going to say, yeah, we need to hear from Joe Biden to hear whether he's you know still still there or not. Mm-hmm. They know he's a terrible communicator, a terrible administrator, a terrible president. Um, so I think they're doing the best thing they can do. They should put him back in the basement, um, give him some, uh, you know, 31 flavors, uh, ice cream, just roll it through there on a regular basis um, and send him some wigs so he can sniff the wigs. That's that's kind of it. <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I, I don't disagree with any of this because. There's a really – what's going on right now, it's fascinating to me, whether we're talking about the balloon thing or we're talking about this, this train disaster in eastern Ohio. There's like mm-hmm. a real indifference to public opinion in the sense that you know they're not speaking uh, to any of this at a leadership level. And more importantly, there's an indifference to the people affected by it. Like this White House and Pete Buttigieg is probably – you know, the, the more particular focus in this issue is the transportation secretary. They didn't even acknowledge the existence of this thing until 11 days after it happened. Yeah, I, I, I like the words you used, indifference, because that's exactly what I think. Unless it, it furthers their woke, far-left agenda, they just really don't care. It's, it's weird. It's so weird to watch. You, you're the transportation secretary. Trains are flying off the track. We just had another derailment in Michigan in the last hour. And uh, so far as we're told, it's not hazardous. But the point being is this feels unprecedented and there doesn't seem to be any urgency. And, you know, from an environmental standpoint, you would think as the people who want to ban a gas stove, they'd be pretty concerned with all these chemicals burning in the air. No. Oh, we might have muted Biggs' phone. He was talking. Biggs, are you back? So, yeah. There you are. I'm, am I back? You're back. Uh, you know, here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> I, I give you a compliment right off the bat. Next thing you know, you're muting me. Yeah, well, well hold That's on. Just... It was not a compliment. All you did, you self-deprecated. This was a rope-a-dope. This is what you did. You baited me in. You made fun of yourself thinking I might make uh, fun of you first. And this is this is Foreman against Ali. Oh, you're leaning on the ropes, letting me punch myself out, and then you're going to try to knock me out late. I know, I've been in these interviews before, Biggs. I know how you roll. I know how you roll. <laughs> Well, that's what that must have been why the mute button was on is because you know how I roll. <laughs> Kill this oh, mic yeah, just to protect me. Yeah. What does it say? Yeah. What does it say about honestly about about our friendship that we had Roseanne Barr on this week with no mute button, but we have uh, Arizona Representative Andy Biggs on the phone and we're diving on this thing like it's a landmine. Unbelievable. Well, you know, it's it's as it's as predictable as a as a NORAD, NORAD balloon shoot down, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean you start looking at did you did you hear me talk about I was I was giving you kudos. I think oh. you used the right term indifference oh. there. I don't know if you oh. heard that. Oh I did hear that part. So yeah, it's an indifference, okay. but elaborate on that. Okay. <laughs> it was shortly thereafter you were indifferent enough to my comment that you muted me. So that's just kind of the way that works. But oh, I mean, it's funny. B- 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 Buttigieg, Buttigieg is a real a real problem. I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did see it. His press conference, he's, he's starting to talk, to talk about there's too many white construction workers That's on federal po- projects. It's so crazy. And he never mentioned he never mentioned the train thing. Never. What was that about? Yeah. What was that about? Uh, it's dude. It is all agenda all the time. And the thing about it is, this is the scam 
of all of their like inclusion initiatives. Like when it comes to something like construction, construction is one of the most integrated professions in the country. Yeah. And uh, in most cities, it is minority majority in terms of the representation. But, you know, the scam here is they say, well, we started pushing for construction, you know, more diversity in construction projects. So a year from now, they can already claim victory because it's already diverse, you know, and that's that's (laughs) the hook. But they get away with it. But my problem is, like, there's no deliverable for the American people. Like we sit here and if we were being as objective as we could be. There's nothing they can tell us in two years of Biden leadership that's a tangible improvement in the quality of life. We could name probably 100 things that have gone the wrong way. But what would we really point to if like, let's say you and I were tasked with Biden 2024? We were running his campaign. And between you and me, I think 2024 is nothing more than Hunter's blood alcohol content. But let's assume it's a campaign. What are we pointing to? What is the deliverable? They're going to say they've brought the border back under control um, because because they, they reduced it from 250,000 a month in encounters down to about 180,000 a month. Oh my so see see how good that is. That's they're what going we're, to tell you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they're going to tell you the inflation rate. Yeah. You know, I mean, Joe Biden actually stood up there the other day and said the inflation rate has been whipped. Yep. It, what what? It hasn't been whipped. It's still eight bucks a dozen eggs down here in Arizona. So. Uh, they're going to do exactly what you say. I think it, they're setting up straw men to knock them down to say, what a what a great president I've been. It's so true. Um, we're now mired in a proxy war with Russia. Yeah. We're dangerously close to a real shooting war that will spread. Uh, you know, and how about how about their their proposal for um, uh, between three and four trillion dollars more in spending? That's why they need to raise the debt limit. For two more years. That's just for two more years. Well, well, I was going to ask you about that because the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, says the next 10 years of Democratic policies will add $19 trillion to the deficit. Now, Biden's out there yelling, oh, Republicans, if they were in charge, they'd add $3 trillion to the deficit. Even if that were true, which it's not, uh, last I checked, $3 trillion is a lot less than $19 trillion. <laughs> well, it's, you're using fuzzy math. <laughs> and um, and, the, and and the president is just using fuzzy talk, but uh, th- yeah. there's no truth in him. I mean, look, th- think of the balloon. Take it back to the balloon. Mm-hmm. We would not have heard anything about it, and they would have. Uh, we actually let them complete the mission. The Chinese complete the mission anyway, but mm-hmm. we would not have even heard about it if some folks out in Montana weren't enjoying that balmy weather and just looking up at the sky and say, "What the heck is that?" Think about and they that. take the picture. Yeah, think about that. There's no truth here. There's no there's no sense of 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 obligation to the American people that mm-hmm. I see. I, see, I view this as kind of a uh, we're we're just uh, we're just breathing the same air they are, but the world is theirs. It's so true. And you know what we're going to be told when this is all over? We're going to be told these balloons are blowing off course because of climate change. So we got to, you know, we got to start. We got to spend some more money on climate change because we wouldn't want to wind up in a war because a balloon blew the wrong way. And China, we're really sorry. Um, I I find it all hilarious. But you know what? Something you had mentioned. You mentioned the war in Ukraine. And I just heard Mitch McConnell say earlier, I know he's over in the Senate. You're in the House. 
But he said there's not a bigger event going on in the world right now, meaning the most important thing to him is this war in Ukraine. But shouldn't we be at some point, given the cost and given the fact that they try to tell you that the war in Ukraine is the mother of all economic evil in this country, shouldn't we at least be defining what victory looks like for the American people or at least, you know, establishing some type of a goal or maybe an off ramp? Because right now it just looks like an endless war. Well, well, that's exactly right. I mean, they didn't have um, any kind of rationale. There was no national security interest. They didn't make the case for national security interest when we entered the war. They just said, "Look, you know, we got to protect uh, sovereign states' borders." Well, well, hello, uh, Mexico, <laughs> yeah. the U.S. They don't care about that. But then the other thing is, and I've been asking them, "What does victory look like? Mm-hmm. What does victory look like to you guys? Yeah. Um, and when do we get to step down?" You spent. Uh, you know, it, it, the numbers just are out of this world that, that they've spent. I mean, it, they keep rising 125 to 150 billion dollars last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And we reduced our own uh, military readiness by decreasing our stockpile. We're actually we're actually importing certain ammunitions to then give to Ukraine because we just don't have them. We can't make make them fast enough here in the U.S. It's crazy. That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, you'd love to know, like, at what point America becomes the priority. And it's, you know, because it doesn't always feel that way. And, And just to kind of add some emphasis to what you just said, you know, in terms of asking what victory looks like, you know, you're used to asking that question as an Arizona Cardinals fan. <laughs> Very funny. You never know. Nice. Oh, I'm kidding. Oh, I, I just had to beat uh, you to the. I had to beat you to the punch. You know Go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I mean, that was a fair statement. <laughs> so let's make quick predictions before I let you go. Biden's going to speak at two o'clock. Uh, is this a scripted statement? And then he bails without taking questions. Is that your prediction? Because that's mine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No questions. Um, uh, I think he will whisper only one time, and I think there'll be three, um, uh, you know, yelling sits. Yeah, right, so you're taking – you're taking because Vegas has the over-under on whispers at two and a half. So you're taking the under two and a half whispers, but you're taking yeah. the over two and a half random yelling points. Exactly. All right, so Andy Biggs exactly. giving the listeners a two-team parlay. I mean, in this economy, you know, you need to win these bets, so I appreciate you sharing your insight. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. All right, I'm getting you off the phone before you pay me back with another cheap shot. You're the best, Biggs. Oh, all right. Thank you. <laughs> Be well. There he goes, Representative Andy Biggs from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. Two-team parlay. He says he he takes the under two-and-a-half whispers at the Biden press conference, the over two-and-a-half random yells. I tell you, man, I laugh about it because it is a coping mechanism for me. I've had this in my family. I've seen what it looks like. I had an uncle with dementia. He went to a home for people with dementia. And it was not on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue like the current guy. And, uh, you know, you can laugh about it. It is a coping mechanism. But the reality is the rest of the world is not laughing about it. People are emboldened. And understand, when Biden gets out to speak today, it is, I mean, man, a week, a week removed, more than a week from the first shoot down, almost a full week from the second. And understand, this is something, this is unprecedented military action. As the commander-in-chief, if the military does something that's never happened in the 65-year history of an organization, it's significant. You acknowledge it if only for saying, hey, today we took unprecedented action and shot down these three balloons over Lake Huron, over Fairbanks, Alaska. The United States won't tolerate, you know, invasions of our sovereignty, and that's that. You do at least that. 
But the fact that he didn't get in front of a microphone and speak on this at all, okay, part of it is they're still trying to get their story straight because we've seen the stories change on them a bunch. But the bigger part is they are minimizing, minimizing him speaking for this country as the commander in chief. Do you think there's a world where a president it's not a, it's not a Trump thing. You think there's a world where President Obama wanted to say something and they just wouldn't let him? The answer would be no. Like if he took unprecedented military action and it succeeded, he was getting out there within a minute of saying it because he wanted to get more media praise. Don't be thick, all right? But it's true. Okay, if George Bush did something, you heard about it a second later. If Bill Clinton did something, you heard about it unless he was doing it with an intern. I believe that together we can make America great again. But if it affected our country and it involved the military, you were going to hear about it. You were going to get out there and you were going to get an update from the commander in chief. Okay, when Biden told you, oh, the buck stops here. It's like, yes, like as if there's a stop sign. It's not a parking spot. The buck stops, but then it restarts down the road. That's the reality of what's going on in this country. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We, of course, are broadcasting live from New York City. But we're heading right back out to Beaver County, Pennsylvania, where Roseanne is on the line. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. You're my hero. I absolutely love you. Oh, my Roseanne. I'm going to get emotional. Hold it together, Jim, though. Thank you for that. Um, I (laughs) love you back. I'm going to up the other guy from Ambridge. He was going to give you beer. You come to Beaver County, Mm -hmm. and I'll bring up to the station because I got connections with the guys at WBVT and WNBA, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you the biggest pot of pasta visual. Ooh, that's dirty talk, that? Roseanne. That's, that's crazy. I know, I my, know. Can I tell you something? My wife would rather you say you were going to do something frisky than make me pasta. I mean, pasta is the way to my heart. My God. Have you ever had, have you ever had pasta visual? Not, I've never had your pasta visual. And, and I, I'm sure. i my pasta visual. <laughs> Mine's famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it when you talk dirty. Hero, I love you on gut felt. I hold on to every word. I love your outfits. I love everything about you. Oh, Roseanne. And I want to thank you mm-hmm. for all the people in western Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio for bringing light to this travesty that's going on over in East Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, between you and the Fox Network, there's been so much coverage. People know about it, or I didn't think they knew that much about it before you guys started stepping in and doing stories. Nearly every segment mentions it and has guests on from the local area. Yep. And yeah. they even got Erin Brockovich, I saw last yep. night. She was on Kennedy, Kennedy, and she was on Newsroom. Yeah. No, the, the thing is, we care. We actually, we care. Uh, yeah. And we care enough to come by and eat your pasta for Jules. So get back in the kitchen, woman. <laughs> Roseanne, you're the best. We'll do it again soon, all right, girlfriend? You have a great day. There she goes. Diamond Dave Landau on deck when we come back on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That's us. Numero uno. We're the best. We're on top of the standings. We just need a coaching change right now. We got talent in the locker room, but we got people running this show. Man, oh boy, oh man. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And the guy that's supposed to be in charge, Joe Biden, scheduled to speak any minute now. They've got the podium set up. Biden, of course, authorized the shooting down of four objects over our airspace in the past 10 days. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And apparently we're going to get some type of scripted remark from the president. He's not scheduled to take questions as of now, but he is scheduled to get out there and say, last week I I authorized the NORAD to shoot down. The U.S. takes it seriously, that whole thing. And then uh, apparently there's still going to be a a meeting overseas uh, between Secretary uh, Blinken and his counterpart uh, in the Chinese government. We'll see how that plays out. I don't know that Biden's about to give us an update on that. But he is expected to speak at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, He's only about seven minutes behind schedule, which for Biden is actually pretty good. A lot of this stuff starts late. Okay, and that's not specific or unique to this White House. Trump would be late from time to time as well. But the one thing about Trump is, like, he was going to show up and play the teams on the schedule. He was going to answer questions from anybody. Okay, he was going to talk for an hour and 20 minutes. Biden gets fitted with a shock collar. And if he wanders off message for a split sentence, zap him. Okay, they're very carefully managing his appearances. It's scary because we're talking about the idea of him running again, him running again in 2024. That's not right. It's not right for us. But more importantly, it's not right for him. Like if you've been watching Joe Biden, man, it's sad. And I don't take any joy in saying that. Like, I didn't vote for the guy. But as the guy goes, my country goes, my wife and kid live in this country, my family lives in this country. I don't like his policies, but it doesn't mean I wish him ill will. It doesn't mean I want us to do poorly under his leadership. But sadly, we're doing all kinds of poorly under his leadership. That's true. That is true. One of the funny things is we wait for Biden to get to the podium. And I will interrupt myself, no matter what I'm saying or playing you right now. If we see him hit that podium, we're going right to it. We're going to take it live. But one of the biggest issues we've had with this administration is they're not serious people. And what I'm saying is they talk on Tuesday as if there wasn't a Monday. Okay, they talk on Thursday as if there wasn't a Wednesday. Why am I bringing that up? Because these are people that contradict themselves all the time. All the time. Do you remember when they told us there wouldn't be a vaccine mandate? Okay, they implemented one as if they never once said we should have a mandate. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it be mandatory. Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. And now understand, not only did they mandate the vaccine after saying they wouldn't mandate it, but they mandated it after saying the vaccine was junk science put together by Trump. Let's just say there is a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? 
Did you hear that? That's vital when we, well, it's not likely it's going to go through the proper channels and testing. If we finally get one, who the hell's going to take it? So I guess we have some issues. <laughs> this is what I mean. And then they not only, not only pushed it, but they made it mandatory. Okay, they talk on Tuesday as if there wasn't a Monday, meaning they're completely oblivious to their previous statements. And that's why we look so ridiculous to the rest of the world. Like as it pertains to this balloon, understand the Chinese spy balloon that we now know was being watched by our intelligence community from the moment it took off until the moment it was shot down on the east coast of our country. That balloon was allowed to fly over all Every one of our most sensitive intercontinental ballistic missile sites, a Chinese spy balloon, was allowed to fly over all of our sensitive sites. And when they finally shot it down over water, what did they say? Well, uh, we couldn't shoot it down anywhere over land. We needed more space. You don't just go shooting stuff down, you know. And within a week, what happened? They shot down three more things. Overland, completely contradicting their previous statement. That's why people don't take them serious. Biden hits the podium. We go there live now. Space Defense Command, so-called NOR- NORAD, closely scrutinized uh, the uh, our airspace, including enhancing our radar to pick up more slow-moving objects above our country, around the world. In doing so, they uh, tracked three unidentified objects. One in Alaska, Canada, and over Lake Huron in the Midwest. They acted in accordance with established parameters for determining how to deal with unidentified aerial objects in U.S. airspace. At their recommendation, I gave the order to take down these three objects due to hazards to civilian commercial air traffic and because we could not rule out the surveillance risk of sensitive facilities. We acted in consultation with the Canadian government I spoke personally with Prime Minister Trudeau and Kant from Canada on Saturday. And just as critically, we acted out of an abundance of caution and an opportunity that allowed us to take down these, these objects safely. Our military and the Canadian military are seeking to recover the debris so we can learn more about these three objects. Our intelligence community is still assessing all three incidences. They're reporting to me daily and will continue their urgent efforts to do so, and I will communicate that to the Congress. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were, but nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, Recreation or research institutions studying weather, so we're shooting or conducting down, other science. So we're shotting research. down hard air balloons or a well, used car dealership. I instructed our intelligence community <laughs> to take a broad look at the phenomenon of unidentified aerial objects. We know that a range of entities, including countries, companies, and research organizations, operate objects at altitudes for purposes that are not nefarious, including legitimate scientific research. I want to be clear. We don't have any evidence that there has been a sudden increase in the number of objects in the sky. We're now just seeing more of them partially because the steps we've taken to increase our radars, to narrow our radars. That is crazy. And we have to keep adapting our approach to uh, delaying, to dealing with these challenges. That's why I've directed my team to come back to me with sharper rules 
for how we will deal with these unidentified objects moving forward, distinguishing, distinguishing between those that are likely to pose safety and security risks that necessitate action and those that do not. But make no mistake, if any object presents a threat to the safety and security of the American people, I will take it down. I'll be sharing with Congress these classified policy parameters when they are completed, and uh, they'll remain classified so we don't give our roadmap to our enemies to try to evade our defenses. Mm. Going forward, these parameters will guide what actions we'll take while responding to unmanned and unidentified aerial objects. We're going to keep adapting them as the challenges evolve, if it evolves. In addition, we've, I've directed my national security advisor to lead a government-wide effort to make sure we are positioned to deal safely and effectively with the objects in our airspace. First, <clears throat> we will establish a better inventory of unmanned airborne objects in space. It's Fox Across America with United Jimmy Fallon. We're listening to Joe Biden live. Sure he is giving a briefing on the object shot down by NORAD in the past Second, 10 days. So far, the explanation is, don't be alarmed. We're only noticing this stuff because we didn't have the radar turned up high enough. And nothing makes me feel safer like knowing the guys in charge of protecting us had the radar settings on rookie. Hey, can we play all Madden here, Joe? And fourth, my Secretary of State will lead an effort to help establish a global, a global, common global norms in this largely unregulated space. These steps will lead to safer and more secure skies for our air travelers, our military, our scientists, and for people on the ground as well. That's my job as your president commander in chief. As the events of the previous days have shown, we'll always act to protect the interest of the American people and the security of the American people. Since I came to office, we've oh developed the ability to identify, track, and study high-altitude surveillance balloons connected with the Chinese military. Yeah, we even have the ability when to let these them fly over our nuclear sites. Balloons entered our airspace over the continental United States earlier in the month. I gave the order to shoot it down as soon as it would be safe to do so. The military advised against shooting it down over land because of the sheer size of it. It was the size of multiple school buses it's a and opposed a risk to people on the ground if it was shot down where people lived. Instead, we tracked it closely, we analyzed its capabilities, and we learned more about how it operates. Mm. And because we knew its path, we were able to protect sensitive sites against collection. Mm. We waited until it was safely over water, which would not only protect civilians, but also enable us to recover substantial components for further, analysis, for, for, for further analytics. And then we shot it down, mm -hmm. sending a clear message, clear message. The violation of our sovereignty is unacceptable. <laughs> we'll act to protect I'm our sorry. country. And we did. We sent a clear now, message that a violation Friday, of our sovereignty is unacceptable. Yo, you let it fly across the whole country. People's Liberation oh Army Aerospace Program that includes airships and balloons uh, denying them access to U.S. technology. We briefed our diplomatic partners and our allies around the world, and we know about China's program and where their balloons have flown. Hmm. Some of them have also raised their concerns directly with China. Our exports have lifted components of the Chinese balloons payload off the ocean floor. We're analyzing them as I speak. And what we learn will strengthen our capabilities. Now, we'll also continue to engage with China, as we have throughout the past two weeks. As I've said since the beginning of my administration, we seek competition, not conflict with China. 
We're not looking for a new Cold War. But I make no apologies. I make no apologies, and we will compete. And we'll we'll responsibly manage that competition so that it doesn't veer into conflict. This episode underscores the importance of maintaining open lines of communication between our diplomats and our military professionals. Our diplomats will be engaging further, and I will remain in communication with President Xi. I'm grateful for the work of the last several weeks of our intelligence, diplomatic, and military professionals who have proved once again to be the most capable in the world. And I want to thank you all. Now, look, the other thing I want to point out is that we are going to keep our allies and the Congress contemporaneously informed of all we know and all we learn. And uh, I expect to be speaking with President Xi, and I hope we have com- we are going to get to the bottom of this. But I make no apologies for taking down that balloon. Thank you very much. Nope. Nope. Oh, we turned around. Give me a break, man. Did you overreact? Mr. President, there's a lot of criticism along with You come to my office and ask a question when you have more polite people. Mr. President, why has it chosen Poland for your trip to mark anniversary of the war? And what's your message? What? Whoa. Yeah. And he walked away, and he walked away. Come on, man. Good gosh. Come, dude. That was embarrassing. So that's Joe Biden. Brave Sir Robin. Do you remember the old Monty Python sketch in Monty Python and the Holy Grail about Brave Sir Robin? He is Brave Sir Robin, Brave Sir Robin. And then the guy wants to fight him, and he runs for his life. That's Brave Sir Robinette, Joseph Robinette Biden. The press has a question. He runs for his lives. Yeah, you sent a strong message to President Xi, all right? And that strong message is you look scared. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Just watch Joe Biden give his little update on the spy balloon situation. And basically, all we know is if you are China right now and you see this old man who won't even take questions from the American press corps, you're certainly not worried about him standing up to you. He knows what he's talking about. That was real weak sauce, man. And he said, well, we sent a powerful message to China. Yeah, that powerful message was we won't hesitate to shoot down your spy balloons once they get done recording all of our most sensitive nuclear sites. Yo, the balloon was allowed to travel the whole country. And they keep telling you, well, we couldn't shoot it down over the country. It was high. We'd have a problem. Dude, we just shot down four more, three more things a week later. You can tell me they were a little lower. Didn't No, shut up. Shoot them down. Okay, you can't. If you want peace through strength, you do not let a Chinese spy balloon fly over all of your ballistic missile sites, especially knowing that China is insulting you on the world stage by saying what? Well, it was a weather balloon and it just, you know, it blew off course. And uh, as would have it, the wind was so strong, it forced it over all your sensitive ballistic missile sites. Don't you hate when that happens? 
Seriously, I'm surprised he didn't announce a climate change initiative to stop balloons from blowing over our nuclear sites because he's just such a shameless agenda politician. Oh, good gosh. Ezra's on the line in Atlanta, Georgia. Yo, Ezra. Oh, man. Here we go again, Jimmy. I'm trying to keep it together. I heard that puke. It's unbelievable. He flew over, it flew over 21 sites. Allegedly, they yeah. can't steer it. Mm-hmm. We've got a NORAD. Uh, the, the front of our NORAD system is 1,044 miles west of Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And according to NORAD site, it claims that we can pick up objects two inches by two inches mm-hmm. in that orbit. So, are you kidding me? This is three stories high with a school bus hanging on it. And if you shoot it down over salt water, what do you think happens to electronics? Yep. They're gone. Yep. So it, it's unbelievable. So, you know, meanwhile, China's hosting Iran. They had a love-in with Russia already. If anybody doesn't smell what's going on here, they're dumber than Joe, which is really almost impossible. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not. It's scary, man. No, and no it is. There's, there's just, there's no respect for us. And when you it's say pitiful. now, and when you say something like, "Well, you know, we're only noticing this other stuff because we had the radar settings low," like, don't admit that. Like, maybe that is the case, but why would you ever admit that to people if you want them to have faith in your leadership? Is tell them we weren't playing any defense the last two years. Well, the Right. And the other thing is these balloons now are smaller and smaller. So to me, they're very they're testing their variability of our system in terms of size and resolution of materials and whatever. So, I mean, who's to say these things aren't dropping off viruses for our crops or the next round of COVID? You know, Whoa. are you going to say that China would do us dirty, Ezra? <laughs> it's so crazy. We need to go immediately kick everybody with a master's or Ph.D. from China in any of our universities out. Because back to your point, yep. all they're doing is stealing intellectual property. Yep. R&D in China is rip off and duplicate. I'm with you 100 percent. Stay strong, buddy. Ezra, you nailed it. Good job. Ezra summed it up best. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. They're playing the Stray Cats. That's exciting. I always say on the road doing comedy as a guy, you know, who's here at a news network all day. I actually I say this in clubs, like me going on the road. It's like I'm a feral cat. They domesticated me inside a TV studio and got me to stop peeing on the furniture and clawing stuff. But you go back out on the road, you get a chance to kill some birds. Drag home a few mice. And joining us now is a man who's out doing exactly that. He is en route to Key West, Florida, where none of the birds are safe. Diamond Dave Landau returns to the show. Hey, man. Hey, how are you, sir? Yes, I'm on my way out there. Thanks for having me. Isn't it true, though, that as a comedian, you really are just a feral cat in the world? Oh, you really are. You just have to go around kind of see everything, but you don't because you're hiding. <laughs> I, I say that, too. That's another analogy is like being on the road doing comedy is like being a hitman because you come into town, you know, you do something for an hour and then you disappear like you were never there. That's true, and they call it killing if you do well. <laughs> just, to, just to be clear, he is talking about comedy, but yes, there's some carryover to be sure. Um, <laughs> Diamond Dave, let's have this talk because I tweeted, retweeted, and replied to a tease for your new stand-up special that's coming out. It is called A Prison 10. Um, I think everybody understands the reference, but essentially you're establishing the fact that you would be the bell of the ball were you to be arrested again. Yes. 
Well, yeah, that would be uh, that would definitely be the fourteenth arrest, which is why I got sober in the first place. But the news <laughs> lately, boy, I gotta say, it's making me feel like drinking again. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my new special is gonna be coming out. Um, I'm gonna announce where and when any day now. But right now, I just put the trailer up. So if anybody goes to my YouTube, Twitter, whatever, they can check it out. It's exciting, and then yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. It's my first one hour, and uh, I just want to put it out and hope people like it. Oh, they'll like it. You stop it now. They're I gonna- know. I just want to be humble. No, it's the right thing to do. Nobody, listen, nobody wants to hear from the comic that's shadow boxing backstage. Like, that guy bombs every time. Yes. (laughs) We got this. (laughs) I'm joking. I I don't know. People just keep saying that. (laughs) I hear he's funny. Uh, Listen, man, I'm in a weird comedy place this week. We had Roseanne on on Monday. She has a new special out on Fox Nation. And her and I were talking about, like, comedy history. Like, when she got started, she was on a young comedian's at Dangerfields with Dice and Sam Kinison. Like, I, I yeah. remember it. I remember the first – I mean, not that I remember the day it came yeah. out, but yeah. I remember seeing the replay because my dad would let me watch those Dangerfield episodes yep. and watching her get her break. Remember when breaks were real? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, they actually meant something when you went out on a TV show like The Tonight Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't just mean that you went back to your job at Starbucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just to watch somebody explode overnight because – that in that and I know so many people like Anthony uh, Cumio was one, and a few people that when Dice went on, that also changed their lives. You have know, like Roseanne, Dice, mm-hmm. Kenneth. Can you imagine being like you're only part of this group of legends that all happened to be on the stage that night? No, that's insane. But you want to know my takeaway from going back and watching it for real? Because it was 1986. I mean, I just watched it Sunday night. My takeaway was, oh, my God, they never changed the decor in Dangerfields once in 50 no. years. No, I realized that when I went in there the first time. I was like, oh, well, at least he, it didn't change after he died. I mean, long, no. long after no. he died. No, no, like the piano on stage and everything, like literally everything in her Young Comedian special. I'm like, wow, I've sat on that stool. I've talked into that mic. I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I've, I accidentally set a drink on the same piano that Kennison played because <laughs> no one changed anything. <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> nothing was – There's there, Rodney actually left us both a bump of Coke in the green room. If you go in there, there's still a bump left. It's yeah, that's why <laughs> – yeah, that's just a little bit. Yeah, that's why uh, they filmed the Joker there. They're like, we need something kind of hideous but still says comedy. <laughs> <laughs> So true. Oh, it's funny. Diamond Dave Landau is on the line. He is en route to Key West, Florida. He'll be performing tomorrow night. Um, are you bringing your son? Did I read that correctly? No, no. Last time I did, we brought him to an island resort. We were pulling up, and uh, we got there were a bunch of islanders everywhere, you know, locals. And he goes, Dad, I don't think we're at the right place. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And this uh, bellhop opens the door, and he goes, sir, is this resort only for black people? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then me and the guy, like, lock eyes, and he's like, oh, we'll let you in today. <laughs> so we all just started. We were crying laughing. And, uh, like, I'm walking in. I'm like, why, why would you Why would you even say that? <laughs> like, I have to tip him double now. <laughs> like, and he had never pointed it out before, ever in his life, and I was crying laughing. It was, it was, it was amazing, and it, it was just to celebrate his 23rd birthday. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> that, that, I, that heck up the end. That is funny. Um, my, my, I had Lincoln with me in Reno and in Carson City last week. Yeah. He, he played some defense, uh, but he did get to meet his first shot girls. 
and shot girls, um, you know, even if you're like in your 20s, it's a thing. You know, I've said yes. there's like a scantily clad woman in heels and stuff like that. And uh, Sammy Hagar had sent some beach bum rum over with a, a parade of shot girls to dish it out at the Carson Nugget. And it's really funny because I have a picture of Lincoln and he's very much he has somehow transformed into McLovin from Superbad. You know, know the first time you're around like truly gorgeous women, but they're dressed like strippers. It's like a spiritual awakening. Oh, yes, absolutely. You can actually see my poor child's innocence flying out of his body like it's kind of photobombing the photo is there's like this cute 14 year old Lincoln. But behind him, you can see his soul with a suitcase in its hand. (laughs) on a bus. got the orange glow in it Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. Just, Do you remember those old cartoons there. when someone would have like a stick over his shoulder with a satchel on it? It was like yeah, hitchhiking just, down the road. Yeah, it's just hobo sack in its way down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, now you, now you find, find the thing that ruins men. Yeah. Congrats. Th- th- <laughs> thanks, Sammy Hagar. I guess I'm not going to share a laptop with this kid anymore. Some yeah, at least he didn't see, you know, the kind of woman that hangs out with a rock star. <laughs> It's a special thing, I tell you. Um, let's talk about this because you've got a flight to make. Uh, Biden yes. Biden was uh, – he briefed the American people a moment ago about the balloon situation. And he kind of clarified what had been said earlier in the week is that we shouldn't be alarmed by all of these sudden spy balloons. We're only noticing them because we had the radar turned all the way down. Do you feel safer knowing that the people in charge had the radar at one what? I think it's important when when you're constantly talking about UFOs that you can shoot down and not get a picture of yeah. that you want the least amount of eyes on it. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I think I think the fact that they weren't looking is how a balloon got used for espionage in the first place. <laughs> yeah, like they probably know where we have the settings at. If you can get a balloon over every one of 21 different nuclear sites – They probably know something on the inside. But the point is, I get that. All right. So let's say they have the radar on low. They have the radar on high, depending on the day of the week, whatever the case may be. Like, I don't want to know that. I I don't think that's the kind of thing you say to people, you know? No, he says the quiet part out loud a lot, you know, and it's like, you shouldn't do that, sir. And also, I'm not really that worried about an alien invasion that could be put down by a single party clown. (laughs) But I I am also a little worried because it just seems that you're not doing anything about it until after it's too late every time. It's so, it's so weird, dude. It's like, uh, listen, folks, your Uber driver has a one-star rating, but he's never gotten into an accident when he was sober. So don't worry about it. You think, wait, (laughs) it's, no, the accident's the problem. It's not... It's no, no. It's right. The, right. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, Biden. Biden's communication skills are on par with the guy from Breaking Bad who rings the bell. What <laughs> <laughs> you talking about? It's like the drug dealer's father or uncle or whatever the hell he is. That's amazing. Well, Corinne yeah. Jean Pierre said he was the best communicator in the White House. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he might be the only one who has English as a first language. <laughs> Uh, and even that's questionable because we're still getting over those declarations of the State of the Union when he said we have to choose unity over Shagadaruma. Do you remember that? Yes, I saw your tweet. It was yeah. the best because it was an exact quote. <laughs> it's a verbatim quote. And, like, no one's talking about this. But it, it, like, I just, as an American, I want to know, like, if we are going to choose unity over Shagadaruma, wouldn't you like to know what Shagadaruma comes with? Because I feel like we're, you know, we're not thinking this through. 
I got to be honest. It sounds like it could be a way better option than whatever <laughs> he's proposing to be unity. Yeah, and, yeah, because unity is like you're a semi-fascist white supremacist anyway. Well, I, unity is just division. So let's try. <laughs> see if, see if I we can make a better America. Yeah, we might be selling ourselves short here. I think that's the argument I'm making: is that we're selling ourselves short. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, listen, the nice thing is the transportation secretary is on top of things. Mayor Pete's doing a stellar job. Did you see any of this train crash in eastern Ohio? Dude, what's amazing is you just didn't hear much about it because they were kind of hiding it. Yep. And, you know, and that's what he wants. And it's it's amazing how it was like it happened before. It was 2,600, I think, barrels Mm -hmm. or gallons, and now it's a million. And, you know, that's that's like if your kid accidentally knocks over juice once and then the other time it's like he accidentally knocks over 360 juices. <laughs> You're like, that's a bit, that's a bit much. Like, it just seems that you would be more careful with that. Yeah. Like, this is the problem, though. He keeps appointing people to jobs they have no business doing and no experience. That's a great point because, I mean, you don't look at Pothole Pete by trade. <laughs> it's a nickname of a garbage pail kid, as I think we've discussed in the past. <laughs> His nickname is literally a garbage pail kid. We took Pothole Pete and put him in charge of the roads. Yes. <laughs> Which is fine. No one can get anywhere. Yeah. Let's, ever. We're going we're gonna to put food poisoning Phil in charge of the uh, food supply for children. I mean, it, it's <laughs> insane. Even Vanderbilt, that was the thing. He cared about the quality of the product, of the railroads. <laughs> like, the whole thing was getting them to run on time. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, it's like Hitler cared if they ran on time. <laughs> he can't even do that. Can't keep him on the track. It's not pretty. <laughs> it's no, not it's pretty. sad. And it's like, I, I really do feel for all those people because it's it just, it really is tragic what's going on. And I heard there may have been more. Yep. And it's like, you need to put some, just put somebody in charge who knows what they're doing. Imagine. So it's like, yeah, you want a goalie for the NHL? Well, how about a, a one-legged guy named Skip? <laughs> he's gonna be, he's gonna handle it because we've never had one before. So we should put him in goal just because. Like I yeah. keep saying this, like, I, I, yeah, we shouldn't be doing things just because we've never had one. You know what I'm saying? We've right. never, we've never had an ex-cab driver with a carbohydrate addiction be president. I'm not saying they should elect me. You know? No. That's just, I mean, just right. Yeah, there's no reason. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a reason why there's just people who do certain jobs. There's no reason why it's like, oh, he's a homosexual. Well, we should put him in charge of trains. Uh, why? I, I don't know. We just needed one. Yeah, we well, we never had one. So uh, it's well, fine. Have you seen the one with long nails? I have answered the phone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> not, you're not doing stuff out of quality. It's like here's an idea: get a guy who happens to know a lot about trains, even if he's I don't know, gay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just if he's experienced, and even if he maybe has a train set, that yeah. would be a step in the right. Oh, direction. dude! Either of our sons, when they were in their Thomas the Train phase. I absolutely think could have done a better job. They were watching enough trains. You know, they knew Sir T- I would take Sir Topham Hat from Thomas the Train. <laughs> well, Do- absolutely would. Can I, t- Sir Top- can Sir I tell you a great Hat story? I'm responsible for any of this. Yeah, no, you leave Sir Topham Hat out of this. I'll tell you a great story. Okay, this is out. No one knows this story, but somehow in my comedy travels, when Lincoln was in his prime Thomas the Tank Engine phase, when he was watching this every day, we had all the toys, uh, and we had all, you know, the train sets, and he was getting them for Christmas and everything in between. Yes. I met a dude 
who voiced Sir Topham Hatt. I met like the dude uh, backstage at like a stand-up event through like a mutual friend. And of course, he probably gets asked to do this all the time, but I did it anyway. I was like, can you record a message for my son? And, you know, it was a cool thing to bring home to Lincoln. He gets a message, hello, Lincoln, from Sir Topham Hatt. And uh, it's a great message. Helen Hong did this, too, because she played Mrs. Wong on the Thundermans on Nickelodeon. Do you remember that show? I don't know if your kids watched it. No, okay. I do know what it is, though. Well, it's, it's for the best. Uh, they're still streaming it in Guantanamo Bay, if you want to get a look at it. They, they, I hear it's on 24-7. Yeah, they're interrogating. It's the new waterboarding. <laughs> it's like The View. It's that and The View. But anyway, I got Sir Topham Hat. I did the annoying thing like, hey, could you record a message for my kid? And it blew Lincoln's mind. But you know what really blew Lincoln's mind? This is so wonderful. Like yeah. three nights later, at like 2 in the morning, the guy called back, annihilated. I don't know what he was on and left us a menacing, threatening message cursing us out at like three in the morning. But in the character of Sir Topham Hatt, it was outrageous. And I've never shared it. I've had it on like, it's like two cell phones ago. You know when you can hold on to the voicemails on the phone itself? But if I could power up like two cell phones, like my 2015 cell phone, I have Sir Topham Hatt threatening me in my kid's life drunk in the middle of the night. I will pay to animate it. <laughs> it's special. Second of all, it's the greatest story I've ever heard involving Thomas the Train. <laughs> my, my kid was so excited. He's like, I got another message from Sir Topham Hat. And every third word is beeped out. And he's swearing yeah. at a woman in the background. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> it's like the time I met the guy who was the puppeteer for Elmo, but it was just really sexual. <laughs> You met you met the Kevin Clash Don't Tickle Me Elmo? Yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm kidding. Oh, I, I wouldn't go near him. <laughs> I that's so, hilarious. So <laughs> funny. I'm gonna I, I owe this to the audience. I'm gonna find I'm gonna get that phone turned on because it's like an iPhone three. I'm gonna okay. power it up and we're gonna play it one day when Lincoln's on. I'll, I'll send you I owe you this. I, I really, uh, I've honestly never been more excited about anything. <laughs> well, I luck. think it's because I had to watch every episode of Thomas the Train. I mean, yeah, what, what three hundred times? I've, and I would put Toby in charge. <laughs> Yo, I would take Toby over Pete Booty Judge any day of the week, yeah, or 100%. or even an intoxicated Sir Topham Hat. I'm going to start uh, one of those petitions, <laughs> a Change.org petition. Be sure to sign it before your show's tomorrow night. Absolutely, I'll pass it around at my show. <laughs> You're the best. I'll see you soon, brother. Thanks, man. The greatest. Diamond Dave Landau, we're back after this. It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on this show. I'm heading up to Utica. I'm doing the show live from WIBX tomorrow. Hanging out with my man, Davey. Right now, I'm getting a farewell from my man, Reese, who is out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese. Megadittos, my friend. How are you? Hey, girl. So what did you think? Did Biden look weak there? Dude, I'm so pissed. Biden is chicken waste, quite honestly. (laughs) And uh, I guess the only thing that we can do is... Americans is we can call our representatives and we can go vote, but we have got to speak up because these uh, balloons flying over our country, surveying us, mm-hmm. like that's wrong. And then yep. on on a second note, mm-hmm. 
next time you come out to Sheridan, Wyoming, well, I guess it would be the first time you come out to Sheridan, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. I got some bacon wrapped elk steaks for you. Whoa, Reese! Come out. This so, is pornographic. We would love to have you. All right. Well, Please. first, first I have out, to go. I, I was offered a romantic night with Roseanne from Beaver County, Pennsylvania. So maybe I'll just go on a, on a food tour. Let's work this out. All right. We'll talk, Reese. Duly noted. You're the man. There he goes, the great Reese in Sheridan, Wyoming. A lot of food talk on the show today. You guys know the way to my heart, man. That's exciting stuff. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to eat right now. The wardrobe department continues to harass me when I walk around Fox. Put that cookie down now! I will be suiting up in my wardrobe. I'm on Kennedy tonight on the Fox Business Network at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then I'm on with Sean Hannity in the 9 o'clock hour. I will see you there, girlfriend. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.